Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Hello and welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. This is episode one, my toxic people detox story. I'm going to talk about first, my toxic person avatar. Second, four important lessons about dealing with toxic people. And this basically comes from my story and my dealings with toxic people. Number three, the final straw. And it's something that made me just quit my first job. And then number four, the aftermath. So let's start with my toxic person avatar. I call her Margaret. Now, if your name is Margaret, this is not anything against you. If it helps, then spell it backwards. It becomes Teragram. But Margaret is someone, of course, not her real name, but this is someone I've actually dealt with. And this person had a significant impact on my life. She changed my perspective of just human nature. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I was in an interview and the host asked me, well, what exactly did Margaret do to you? And I said, if I listed everything she did, I would sound paranoid because it seemed minor. I likened it to a statue. Think about taking a stick of dynamite and blowing up a statue. Okay, boom, it's done. And the statue's in pieces. Now that's obvious, but what if you have a a hammer and a chisel, you come up to that statue and just tap, 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 leave it alone. Come back another time, tap, tap, tap. Keep doing that day in, day out. Eventually you will bring that statue down. And you probably won't even notice what's happening until it's just been destroyed. And that's pretty much what happened to me. Margaret not only represents that specific person in my life, but just toxic people in general. And the one thing that Margaret did to me was something called gaslighting. And this is insidious. It's designed to make you second guess yourself. It's designed to make you think, wait, did I just see that? It makes you question reality. And that went on with me for almost seven years. Now, When this was going on, I was in my third year of graduate school and I was working toward my doctorate. So I was in that place for almost eight and a half years. You know, I was there, I got my PhD, doing the course of writing my dissertation. My mother died, dealing with Margaret, writing my dissertation, dealing with the grief from my mother. It was a perfect storm of everything that can go wrong. And it just took a toll on me, okay? So now let's talk about what actually happened. I'm going to condense this down to four specific things and the lessons that I took away from it. The first thing, how did I know that something was wrong? Margaret had a habit of emailing me, but when she did so, she would courtesy copy other people, specifically the boss. And she would give me a compliment but then she would turn around and insult me almost in the same sentence. So for example, there was one email where she said, well, I think Shayla's doing a good job, but she's just confused. That's all. And you might be thinking, well, that doesn't sound too bad. And I thought so too, but it just bothered me for some reason because it wasn't true. I wasn't confused about anything. It's one thing to have knowledge and not be able to sift through it. It's another thing to just not know something. Now I was new, of course I didn't know what was going on. I had to learn, but that's not confusion. So it was kind of something that was nagging, but I thought, eh, you know, maybe I'm just 
overthinking this. But looking back on it, the first lesson is watch out for people who cannot give a compliment without offsetting it with an insult. Now, they might hide it behind a smile, but internally there is bile and venom. If they say something and it's an insult and they say, oh, I'm just joking. No, they're not. There is a law in physics. To every action, there was an equal and opposite reaction. There's nothing that comes from us that didn't start within us. Even the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, I tell my students, how many of you have ever had a conversation about space dust? And they all kind of giggle and they say, what, what are you talking about, Dr. Williams? We never talk about space dust. I said, exactly. You don't talk about it because you don't think about it. You don't talk about things you don't think about. If you said it, you thought about it. Okay, so that's lesson number one. Lesson number two came from an email. Now, it was just an, it started out as an innocent email and Margaret wasn't even involved in it. Someone emailed me and said, we have some students who are going out on a sampling trip. Now, keep in mind, I was still in graduate school myself. And so they wanted me to take these students out on the sampling trip to show them the ropes. This was when I was working in a marine lab. And I said, okay, maybe next week we might go on the sampling boat. So now I didn't know if I was going to use a sampling boat or not. Probably not because it seemed like we could just go to the beach and do the work ourselves. Anyway, I sent the email back. Fast forward maybe two or three days, an email got sent back to me. That original email that I had sent was courtesy copy to the boss. It went to Silver Spring, Maryland. It went to Woods Hole, Massachusetts. It went to this lab in Connecticut. I mean, it was being bounced around. It went through like 12 different people by the time I got it back. And what the email said was, how dare Shayla take, say she's going to take the boat out and not consult us. I said, wait a minute. Whoa. I never said I would. All I said is I might. And I didn't even know what the procedure was. But there was this talk about Shayla's going to do this. Shayla's going to do that. And I said, you all are leaving out the most important person in this conversation. Shayla, if you had just asked me for clarification, I could have stopped that. But it gotten so far out of hand that everyone in the lab was banned from using the boat for a couple of weeks. And of course, the people are angry at me because they can't go out on their sampling trip because they perceive that somehow I messed everything up when I had no idea what was going on. And so I looked at these emails and I was trying to figure out where did all, how did this go south? And of course, it was Margaret. Now, to this day, I don't remember what she said. I wish I could say, but whatever that was, that's what set everything off. Okay. And so here's the lesson I took away from that. This is lesson number two. So the one was watch out for people who cannot give compliments without offsetting with an insult. This one is some people love drama more than solutions. That's because solutions are not sexy. Therefore, toxic people don't care about solutions. But to be fair, that is human nature. We generally love drama and we love to complain. However, if you are a solution seeker, then being around people who like just keeping drama going is burdensome. And on a side note, this is why I hate meeting so much because you always have that one person or sometimes two people that will make mountains out of molehills and they will keep that conversation running in circles. There was a church I used to go to back in the day. They would meet like the second or third Sunday of every month. And there was always this couple. And they would argue about the color of the carpet or the, how we upholster the seats. And it got into a heated discussion and I just stopped going to those meetings. But yes, because they love drama. 
It's like, you don't have anything better to do with your life. Okay. So that was lesson number two. At this point now, now this is about maybe three years into my internship at this Marine lab. My professor called me and he said, I don't like that environment you're in. It's toxic which shocked me because that's the first time I had ever heard the word toxic used in that context, which is ironic because at the Marine lab, what was I doing? Studying as a toxicologist. So the third thing came when, uh, now a lot of things are going on. I'm condensing the story. My mother had passed away at this point and it, it was just a blow to me. My dissertation, which ended up being about 214 pages, well, I was about 10 pages into it when she passed away. So I had a long road ahead of me. I was far away from home. This lab was 18 hours from where I live. I was dealing with Margaret. I mean, what she was doing, like I said, I don't want to say everything because it makes, I sound paranoid, but basically she was just, just making me look bad in front of everyone. Just so negative. But the third thing, she and I had a conversation. I gave her my manuscript. Okay. 214 page manuscript that was trifling she gave me back my manuscript and it had all this green stuff on it and she said oh I'm sorry I just spilled my quill on it you gotta be kidding me you know what I don't care just what do you think about the manuscript so we had a conversation and then my family visited me and then Margaret tells them oh I'm waiting to read Shayla's manuscript but she hasn't given it to me yet I was flabbergasted. This is the type of thing she did to me in front of our boss that she would lie about things like that. You just said you spilled NyQuil on it. After we had this meeting, my family comes to me and says, Shayla, she's lying. We overheard her say that she spilled NyQuil on it. And she's telling us that you never gave it to her. This is what finally made me realize that yes, I am dealing with a toxic person. Now from the, from the first email that she sent to this point, it was about five years. Like I said, I'm condensing a lot of information. This is lesson number three. The most important thing I learned from this was patience because she would say something to me behind closed doors, but then say something entirely different in public and sure. Well, well, couldn't you've exposed her, but I didn't have any proof and thinking it back, I should have just recorded, but of course there are laws against that. Some toxic people just have no decency. Okay. They are playing dirty. The lesson that I took away from this is I need to start keeping track of what she says. I need to start documenting because if she's willing to make me look bad in front of my own family, there's just no decency here with her. So it took me a while, but finally it happened. I was, I kept documentation. I kept a paper trail and she finally contradicted herself. Now in a meeting with my boss, again, making me look bad, she said, you know, Shayla had the opportunity to be part of a research paper, but she turned it down. And I said, oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, that's not true. I pulled an email from about a year ago that said she was dropping me from the group. She wanted to use my data, but a professor, and this professor wasn't even from my school. This person was from an entirely different school, and this person didn't really know me that well. But that professor got angry at Margaret. And the, and the person says, look, you shouldn't do that. Do not take the student's work and pass it off as your own. You publish what you need to publish. You let her publish what she needs to publish because here's what happened. She basically needed my data to confirm her own results. It's easy to put up a front, but it takes a little effort to maintain it. Toxic people like Margaret tend to be in it for the long haul. 
and people like her are patient because they fear exposure. And I learn to match her patience because trying to out manipulate the manipulator is wasted effort. Their act is a house of cards waiting to be blown away. Keep a paper trail, keep track of what they do because eventually they will slip up. And once that happened, once I exposed her, it's like a burden was lifted off me. She, she backed off from that point all those years. And all I had to do was expose her. Now the final straw came about the ninth year of me being in this place. Now I had my doctorate at this point, but I had gained so much weight. I had gained over 100 pounds. This is when I said my blood pressure was 200 over 100. My blood glucose was 455. That's my fasting blood sugar. And that's because I was stressed out again, dealing with the death of my mother, writing a dissertation, dealing with Margaret, it all came to a head. But the thing that made me leave, I went to the boss and he said, your colleagues are angry with you. And that did it for me. And I said, you know what? I don't care because I bet whatever it is, we could have stopped it had they asked me what was going on rather than talking amongst themselves. And sure enough, I found out what was going on that they claimed that I didn't do my part in data collection. I said, no, that's not true. I was on the ship. I was seasick and I was below deck. Now, when you're seasick, the last place you want to be is below deck. You need to be above deck, hanging on the rails like everybody else. But I stayed below deck and I just recorded, but I didn't send the data off. Cause again, I was just so sick. And I said, if you had asked me that, I would have told you. And I said, I'm done with this. I'm done with you all who just want to cause drama. You have no desire to solve a problem. You just want to keep the problem going because it's like, do you have nothing better going on in your life? And like I said, after it was all over with the weight gain, the diabetes and the high blood pressure, the final lesson I learned was that a battle of ego has no winner. What Margaret did was wrong, but what I did wasn't too much better because I tried to fight back. And I suffered the consequences. All I had to do was just be patient and wait and document and make sure that if I bring any accusation, I have proof that's important. And if you go to my website, thetoxicpeopledetox.com, I have 10 email scripts that tell you how to deal with toxic situations. So let's say if you're in the situation when I was in where Margaret told me one thing behind closed doors and said something else in public, how do you deal with that situation? Well, I have an email script for that. The job where I am now as a professor, when I first started working as a professor, I emailed one of my colleagues and he sent me a reply and he courtesy copied to the boss and to the chair and to the dean. And I said, no, I'm not doing this. And in the six years I've been there, I have never emailed that person again because I said, I am not about to get caught up in this again. Dealing with toxic people, like I said, the toxic people detox is about protecting yourself and it's helping you to recognize the changes in yourself. Again, it's not about changing them, but it's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive way. I spent years of my life being gaslit. Again, it's like the statue. You're not blowing it up outright. You're just tearing it down piece by piece. And that's what was happening to me. It, on the surface, it doesn't seem too significant. If you just tap a little at the statue, 
It doesn't seem like you did any harm, but give it time, you'll bring that statue down. And that's what's insidious. Just because someone is not outright confronting you or outright insulting you doesn't make it any better. And in my opinion, gaslighting in many ways is worse. Because if you said something to me, if you start insulting me to my face, at least I know where you stand and I can make adjustments. But these sneak attacks, which many people do, it's hard to guard yourself against that. I didn't listen to my body the way I would have this pit in my stomach when I had goosebumps or when I just had the chills. My body was responding to these nonverbal cues. And it was a defense mechanism and I just ignored all of it. If you're having these type of responses to someone and you're not sure why, there's a reason why you feel that way. Listen to what's going on with you. So that was my story. I talk about my toxic person avatar, Margaret, who does represent a person that I've actually dealt with. But also when I talk about Margaret, I'm talking about toxic people in general. I talked about the lessons I learned dealing with toxic people, the final straw, what made me leave my job and then the aftermath of it all. And that is of all the weight I gained, the high blood pressure, the diabetes. And now I'm focusing on getting my life back and helping people find peace in the midst of toxic people. I have more good content coming your way. Subscribe, rate, and review. I would be most grateful. Until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the Toxic People Detox. Dot com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.